Welcome to Fine Rambles, number 101. I think coronavirus is an x-ray that reveals the health and the problems of an economy and a society. And in high school, I had to read, I think like a lot of us, A Tale of Two Cities by Charles Dickens. And I'm thinking about his opening lines in that book. He writes, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times, it was the spring of hope, and it was the winter of despair. And right now, that's what I see when I look at America. I see two different countries, one of them doing really well and one of them doing really badly. It's the rich that are doing really well. And they're doing really well because they own the government. For example, in the last month alone, the Federal Reserve has printed $1.7 trillion. Let me say that again. They've created out of nothing $1.7 trillion and given it to rich people, given it to Wall Street. They have bought treasuries from banks. They have bought mortgage-backed securities from investors. They're buying corporate debt from rich investors. They're buying municipal debt from rich investors. They're buying collateralized loan obligations from rich investors. Those are the people who have power, and therefore they get the money first. I mean, have you seen your $1,200 check yet? No. You know, I think the government now is allowing people to draw down their 401ks and their IRAs, (laughs) which is hilarious because that's basically money that we've already saved. So the government is allowing us to access our own savings. What the fuck? Why the fuck don't corporations have to have savings accounts, 401ks? Why The fuck don't corporations have to have a rainy day fund? I mean, they took all their profits and returned them to shareholders. They levered up. They took on debt. They maximized their fragility in order to enrich their already rich shareholders. And now, I mean, we're two, three weeks into sort of low demand, and they're already in a line crying to to daddy government for free money. It's socialism only for the rich and the well-connected, because those are the people who own the government, right? Because they're lobbyists who are former congresspeople. They're the ones who make sure that the corporations are the first to stick their snouts in the trough. Over the last month, the number of cases in this country is up 1,000-fold. The number of deaths is up 1,000-fold, and yet the market is up. It's up. Investors have been completely insulated from what's going on. They have been completely protected. And on the other side, what's the number? I think, what, 16 million Americans have filed for unemployment in the last three weeks. I mean, there are videos online of food banks that have a thousand cars waiting to get food. That's outrageous, but it's because to the people in power, markets are more 
important than people. Do a thought experiment for a second. Let's say, let's say everyone went back to work tomorrow, regardless of the risks. And the result was that a million people died in this country. Old people, poor people, diabetics, asthmatics, a million deaths. How do you think Wall Street would react? <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you. The market would go straight up. It would rally. It would soar. And that's sick. That's sick. When a government cares more about protecting the wealth of the wealthy than about protecting the lives of its people, that is sick. Coronavirus isn't just exposing the inequity in the system. It's also exposing the fragility. And, you know, I've talked about debt and supply chains and blah, blah, blah. But I think the biggest source of fragility this country has right now is its health. And its health is abysmal. Something like one-third of Americans are obese. One-third of Americans have hypertension. And more than 10% are, are diabetic. And we're seeing the consequences of that right now, especially in the African-American community, because coronavirus is hitting African-Americans especially hard. And the statistics here are really troubling. So, for example, in Louisiana, African-Americans are 30% of the population and they're 70% of the deaths. In Michigan, they're 15% of the pop, 55% of the deaths. And in my town, in Milwaukee, they're 40% of the population and 70% of the deaths. And I don't think this discrepancy has only one cause. I think there's at least three different causes. And the first is just that this virus discriminates based on class. It's just hitting poor people harder because, you know, staying inside right now is a privilege. It's a privilege. Poor people don't have that luxury. Second, it's possible, and I'll be curious to see if this is borne out eventually, that, you know, hemoglobinopathies, any disease of hemoglobin, of the red blood cells, may be a key risk factor because coronavirus may be hijacking hemoglobin and preventing oxygen from getting to the organs. And because of sickle cell, African Americans are more at risk. But the third reason, I think this is the most important, is that they don't have the time and the money to eat healthy, to cook at home, to do what rich people do, which is research diet and food and learn that the American Heart Association has been lying to them for decades, telling them to eat foods that are killing them. And again, that's the result of poverty. There was a podcast I listened to this week that really laid some of this stuff out quite nicely. And it was Peak Human, and the episode was number 78, an interview with Chris Knob. And he said almost exactly what Tucker Goodrich had said in an earlier episode. So the bottom line is that there are four elements to our diet that are very destructive. Two-thirds of our calories are either refined flour, refined sugar, trans fats, or seed oils. 
And a third of our calories alone are vegetable oil. And that's the standard American diet. That's SAD. That's sad. (laughs) And the standard American diet increases inflammation. It increases insulin resistance. It increases mitochondrial dysfunction. And the combination are responsible for all of the modern diseases of civilization. Obesity, type 2 diabetes, hypertension, cardiovascular disease, macular degeneration. And this is what gives me hope because health might be our biggest problem right now in this country, but it's also the simplest solution. And again, it's not an easy solution, and maybe the solution depends on getting people out of poverty, but it is a simple solution. We have to cut out processed foods. We have to cut out sugary soft drinks. We have to cut out fast food. We have to cook at home using, you know, just whole ingredients. Personal anecdote, I recently bought a standalone chest freezer. And I've started ordering meat directly from local farmers. And, you know, I just think this is something I would love to see catch on because the meat is about the same price as at the grocery store, but it's better quality. It's healthier. It's grass-fed. It's pasture-raised. It's, it's greener. And that farmer is local, right? This is localism, which I think we have to get back to. You know, I'm supporting my community. Meat doesn't have any of these problems, doesn't have any of these bad ingredients. I think it's not just a sustainable method of eating, but it's healthier than almost any other food that exists. And I know that's controversial, but that's where I'm standing at least today. Anyway, that's all I have this week. Please stay inside. And if you do go out, please wear a mask, even a homemade mask, not to protect yourself, but to protect other people. I'll catch you later.